should we worry tonight? Amen. Why should we worry tonight? We've got a God in heaven that is still on His throne. Uh, I know I know, life in itself sometimes can overwhelm you, but can I say it's never overwhelmed God? You don't get overwhelmed. And I know life worries us, but it don't worry Him. And uh, how many of y'all went through storms and trials and tests and uh, it is about took you out of this thing, but none of those things are bigger and brighter than He is. And uh, so we need to learn to trust Him. And I'm going to tell you where we fail, and this is what I'm going to preach on tonight. We fail in this one area. We try to fight our own battles. Uh, did you know that that is exactly the teetotal opposite of what God wants you to do? Uh, we are not to fight our own battles. And, and I know uh, we've been focusing kind of on the same things in different areas, different avenues lately. That's just where the Lord's habit, habit us. And I can't help that. And so we're going to preach tonight at something that I believe will be a help to you. Look at Exodus 14, verse number 14. I'm just going to read one verse for sake of time. And uh, we'll get right into it. This was our memory verse for a couple of weeks. And like I said, I've been teaching through Exodus. I've already preached through all of these chapters. Uh, probably right around this time last year, actually, is when it was. And the Lord's took me right back a year later, and He's given me new things, showing me other things I did not see a year ago. And guess what? As long as I'm living, this is going to happen. Uh, you cannot exhaust this Bible, and God's going to show you something new from the same passage every day if you'll let Him. And so let's look at Exodus chapter 14, verse number 14 tonight. If you're there, say, Amen. Amen. The Word of God said, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now, if we can get a hold of this tonight, this will change our lives, not just for the next little while, but forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. Lord, we thank you for the good privilege that it is to stand one more time and open the blessed Word of God. Now, Lord, I can't preach to these people without your help. So, Lord, if you'd come by one more time and touch me and anoint me and give me power and unction, uh, Lord, be able to preach the blessed Word of God. I'd sure thank you for it. God, I do not want to stand here alone tonight. So get on me, Lord, and speak to me and through me. Help your people, Lord. Maybe they're not going through nothing right now, but we know that uh, trouble is on every side. And, Lord, we are uh, constantly tested and uh, Lord, we are constantly tried by the battles and the warfare and the storms of this life. So, Lord, give us something to carry us down the road and, God, to help us stay faithful to you. Uh, Lord, for what you do in this place, for these people, I thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name and for his sake, and all the Lord's people said, amen. amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach tonight on a very simple thought. Out of verse number 14, the Bible said, The Lord shall fight for you. That's what I want to preach on tonight. The Lord shall fight for you. Now, we understand where we are. The Bible has made it very clear. I've talked through it. And so if you don't know where we are in Exodus, you have not been listening over the last year. But here we are, nonetheless. And uh, God has risen up a man by the name of Moses. And of course we know the story. For 430 years since famine hit in Jacob's day. Uh, and Joseph was seated upon the throne next to Pharaoh. Ever since that famine we understand that Israel has traveled down to Egypt. And they're in bondage in a land they have no business being in. We understand tonight that Egypt is a type and a picture of... 
Amen. It is a type and a picture of the world. And so here is a type and a picture of God. Once he saves these people, if you will, he leads them out of bondage. In chapter number 13, the Bible said that he tells Moses to go and up for the last time, Pharaoh's heart would be hardened. And finally, Pharaoh let his people go. And so we know the Bible said in chapter 13 that God gives clear direction to Moses as to where he is to go. The Bible lets us know they, go, they don't travel very far down the road. And they set up camp between Migdal and the Red Sea. Well, it's there that once again the Lord hardens the heart of Pharaoh. And he looks down at where they are. And the Bible said this. He basically said they're sitting ducks. They are trapped. They were at a standstill. We preached on that. Uh, the wilderness was to the left and right. The world or Egypt was behind them. And the water was in front of them. Uh, they could not go through the Red Sea on their own. Can I get a witness? And so what happens? Well, here's another battle. And we find that the Lord fights it for them. Can I say, my friend, the whole, the whole reason that Israel uh, was at this standstill in chapter number 14... Uh, the only reason they were there is found in chapter 13. Would you look back just one chapter? Look at verse number 17 with me. Uh, Exodus 13, 17, the Bible said this, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had uh, let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Did you know there was an alternate route that was closer up than the wilderness and the Red Sea? But pay attention. For God said, let's pray adventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. So did you know according to what we just read there was an easier way out of Egypt in pursuit of Canaan but God led them around the long way and took them through the wilderness and through the Red Sea. Why? To make them avoid war so they would not see the war. Listen to me. They were not prepared to witness war, let alone be warriors in war. And so God is detouring them around the battle. Now why would they do that? Because just like me and you, why would God do that? Because they were not ready for the battle and I don't care how spiritual you feel tonight, there's very few battles that you're going to be able just to stand up to and make it out alive. Uh, did you know my friend, God is trying every way in the world uh, to protect these people in their wilderness journey. Can I say oftentimes God God will also take you and I the long way around. Has God ever detoured somebody? I mean, here you are. You think, okay, I'm finally out of bondage. I'm finally coming out of Egypt. I've been bound for however many years or months or days. And I feel like I ain't went and couldn't go nowhere. But finally, God's let me out of here. God's opening the gate. God's opening the pen. I mean, I'm fixing to find what I've been looking yeah. for only to find out, nope, detour, going the long way around. I'm about y'all friend but that can get weary in well doing if you don't learn to trust uh, that God knows the end from the beginning and God sees what you don't see and God cares in areas you don't 
even know to care about. And God is protecting you from things that you've never even known was out there. I'm telling you, thank God we've got a Lord and a Savior and a friend that sticketh closer than a brother that not only is willing to fight the battle for you, but He wants to fight the battle for you. He wants to step in front of you. He wants to take on the devil. He wants to take on the world. Somebody ought to throw a somber and say bless His holy name that God wants to fight our battles for us tonight. He wants to fight for you. He wants to fight. I began to think about a story. Brother, how many of y'all remember Brother Sidney Weaver? Y'all know Brother Sidney? Just had a little accident, fishing accident. Pray for him. Brother Sidney Weaver, you know, he still looks like a policeman. I mean, he's got that to the skin, high and tight, broad-shouldered, flat-footed, big and bulky. And that's what he was before God called him to preach, put him in the ministry. And before he was a policeman, his daddy was the chief of policemen. And he tells the story, he's told all over the country, he said, you know, he was taught just like me and you. I mean, I look like a munchkin up here, but you know what my daddy told me? Don't you ever back down. I don't care if they step on you and squash you like a bug. You don't stand up yourself and fight. When you get home, I'm whooping you because they whooped you. Can I get a witness? Yeah. He was raised the same way we were, but by in his, his vernacular, a head-busting police daddy. He said, I'll never forget. I was at school one day, and I can't remember all the details who the boy's name was, but they was a boy. I mean, he was a bad man. Ain't nobody mess with this boy at school. And up before you know it, guess who's getting picked on by this big bad bully at school? Brother Sidney is. And, and so the story goes, they're out on the playground, and they'd had some words, and sure enough, it came time to square up. And Brother Sidney said, I'll never remember. I'll never forget thinking this guy's fixed to kill me. But if I don't at least try to stand up and fight him, my daddy's going to kill me. Well, this daddy, uh, this boy, his daddy knew this boy, knew his family. They were convicts. Can I get a witness? It's like most of y'all. Amen. And uh, it's convicts. And so he was familiar with it. Well, Brother Sidney said, here it come time. And next thing I know, I'm squared up. And uh, here we're fixing to go. And for four long, uh, he said, all of a sudden, a voice come out of nowhere, called that boy's name. And he turned around and guess who it was that had showed up to the scene right before the fight. Brother Sidney's daddy stepped out in uniform, baton on the side, you know, the pistol and the mace and the whole nine yards handcuffs. And he said, here, I'm going to tell you something, boy. He said, you might pick on a bunch of them, but that right there is mine. Brother Sidney said, I'll never forget going from feeling like a runt and a rat to feeling like the biggest, baddest man in the world. He said, all of a sudden, I went from being afraid to, yeah, come get you, son. Why? Because daddy had showed up on the scene. Hey, the devil's backed a bunch of y'all up in a corner and he sees how afraid and how fearful you really are but if you'll just hold on just a few more moments there is a great big God in glory that's going to step out of shadows and he's going to walk up on the scene and when the devil sees who shows up he'll tuck tail and run God will fight your battle tonight God wants to fight your battles. Yes, sir. Isn't it amazing how God wants to do something and we won't hardly let Him? Yeah. We won't take everything into our own hands, square up with something that's bigger and better than us. Yeah. And God is in the background saying, if you move over right. and step aside, I'll fight that battle. 
for you. The, the Lord's protecting the nation of Israel here from fighting a battle they can't win. He don't even want them seeing battle. Philistines are always battling. How many of y'all know that's the truth? And there's a war going on in the land of Philistines and God detours them because He don't want him to be a witness to war, let alone participate and be a warrior in the war. Listen, the battle tonight, I don't know who told me this many years ago, but I've held on to it. You need to tuck this somewhere in your heart tonight. Some of y'all are fighting battles right now. But nobody, you may even tell somebody. How many of y'all know you can't really tell the battle? I mean, how many of y'all share your battle with friends, but you can't really get out how you feel? Can I give you a, a, a little word to hold on to tonight? The battle is not mine, it is thine, O oh Lord. Just hold on to that. The battle is not mine because it ain't. It's thine, oh Lord. Lord, you bought me. You paid for me. You put me in the mess. God, it ain't mine to fight. It's his tonight. It's his battle. That really settles in. You'll get great victory in your life. And so if we could, and I don't want to give you a few little things the Lord's given me on that, that thought. The Lord shall fight for you. I want us to look at our text first of all tonight. Let's look at verse 13. The Bible said, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Number one, I want to say this, in order for the Lord to fight for you, you must rely on the Savior. This is not going to be some deep thing. This, this is not a big theological, uh, theological message or even really doctrinal. It's a very practical message to help you get through what we all call life. Can I say it's one thing to say you rely on the Savior. It's another thing to rely on the Savior. You know what the Bible says here? Moses is, is, is talking through Moses to these people. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Again, hard, easy living, easy speaking, hard living. But he says, fear you not, stand still. And here's why. Why would he give the command, fear not, stand still? Because the, here's what it's backed up with. And see. How many of y'all want to see the results? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. So we are to live and walk by faith because without faith it is impossible to please God and nothing things that are not of faith are sin. We know that. But but there is something that God has allowed us to be able to fix our eyes on, spiritually speaking, and that is the salvation of the Lord and our Savior. Uh, the Bible said here in verse 13, Fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you when. I love how our Bible is written because Moses is speaking to, the, to these Israelites thousands of years ago, but I can still read it and it applies to me today. It said this, that he will show you today. For he, uh, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Listen to me. I know that he is not tangible tonight. I know I can't physically embrace him. But thank God I know I'm seen too many times that there is a Savior that I can I can grab a hold of and I've seen that I can reach out and He'll reach down. I've seen I can cry out and He'll lend over. I've seen I can ask for help and He'll be a very present help in a time of trouble. There is a Savior we can rely on tonight. He said let's see the salvation. See the salvation of the Lord. You know what David, how I believe David done? When it come time to fight Goliath, he couldn't look at all his past giant fighting experiences. 
Did you know David stood up in the battle, but David didn't fight that battle? You think David had the strength to make that stone plant his forehead? Hey, science says this, law of physics says this, if Goliath was hit and the rock was coming this way, it's scientifically proven that Goliath, the end result would have been he fell backwards. But he didn't fall backwards, he fell forward. Why? I don't believe it was the rock that killed, that killed Goliath. I believe it was the hand behind that big ugly head that was aiming it. And when that rock was about five feet where it should have been, I really believe the hand of God thrust him forward. And that, that enemy's head made contact with the rock, by the way, which is prophecy coming uh, in the Old Testament where he will step out and he will crush the head of the serpent. And he is the rock, I'm telling you, uh, that God, you can rely on him. You can't rely on me to help you all the time. I can't rely on you to help me all the time. We can't rely on one another because we're mortal man. But there is a God who is seated on his throne that you can rely on in times of trouble. He's never failed you. He's never let you down. He's never walked out on you. He's never closed his eyes. He's never turned a deaf ear. He's never walked out the back door. You can rely on our blessed Savior tonight. You can rely on the Savior. You can't rely on me. I can't rely on you. We can rely on Him. That's why He said, see the salvation of the Lord. How many times did I said all that? Say this. I believe David had the faith because he couldn't go back to a Goliath moment. But he could go back to other battles. Y'all remember the shepherd boys out tending to his father's sheep? Bob said one day there's a lion come out. I'm telling you something, as a shepherd, I'm a shepherd. I'm the under shepherd too, the shepherd. I see, sometimes I see those wolves or those predators come out to attack the sheep. I know every, big, every pastor comes off as being big and bad and fearless. But if he's really doing it right, I'm going to tell you what I do. I stand up bold as a lion in the pulpit and go home and cry like a baby girl. We're really out in reality. You know, I've got to let y'all know, hey, we're going to go on. We're going to fight this, but it scares me. And you know what I believe? I believe David's probably a little, a little fearful of that. I really do. But also know this. He asked the Lord. He trusted the Lord. He called upon the Lord. And what did the Lord do? The Lord granted victory over that line. Well, then, not too long after that, the Bible said there came a bear. Now, you don't think a bear is scary? You ought to run into one. Yeah. Scary. But David, why, why did David have the faith to fight that bear? Because God had already let him fight and overcome a lion. Yeah. Now Goliath's bigger than the lion and the bear. He makes them look like Sunday school girls. I mean, he got ten fingers, ten toes, ten foot tall, got three eyeballs. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Any man's got four kneecaps, you should be running. Don't, don't, don't fight him. But you know what happened, don't you? I believe David looked back in order to go forward one more time. You know what he could do? He couldn't go back to a Goliath moment, but he could go back to a battle where the lion was still bigger than he was. And the bear was still too big for him, but God brought him through the lion and God brought him through the bear. Therefore, he trusted and knew that God could bring him through Goliath. And guess what? He done it again. And I say, you may have never faced what you're facing, but you have faced other things. And I don't have to be a prophet or a son of a prophet to know that it did not take you out because had it taken you out before at every battle that you've encountered taking you out before, you wouldn't be here tonight. 
So you know what it tells me? I'm looking at a bunch of people that ought to raise the flag that said, my God is reliable. I can trust Him. I can have confidence in Him. I can walk and talk and know that God is going to fight the battle for me. We've come through another battle. My wife told me the other night, she said, I want you to sing learn that song. She never tells me to learn a song sing it. But she did that one, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn and sing it. I've come through another battle. Thank you, Lord. I thought I would go down in the middle of the war. But His mercy surrounded me. And I made mistakes when I took all I could take. He stepped in and made a way. I came through another battle. And Lord, I give you the praise. That's what I'm singing tonight. Because I've made it through. Even all those times I thought I couldn't fight the battle. Guess what? I made it through because he fought them for me. Number two, in order for the Lord to fight for you, you must not only... Rely on the Savior. But number two, you must, and we, we've been talking about this, you must remain silent. Are y'all you, you listening to me? We, we've been talking about, you know, the snakes, the voices, turning them off. But listen, you can't just live your life turning off everybody else's voice. You've got to learn how to turn yours off too. Look at verse 14. It's in our opening text. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall what? You know what God don't need? You telling Him what to do. Can I say this? The natural instinct, the natural reaction of man in a time of a battle or a time of opposition is self-defense. But did you know 99.9% of the time where self-defense starts? Right here. Somebody squares up with you. The first, the first order of business in your defending yourself is not throwing a punch. It's technically something like this. I ain't going to put up with that. Y'all with me? That is our natural reaction is to say something. In times of battle. But in order for the Lord to fight your battle, what's He tell you to do? Turn it off. Somebody does you wrong, first thing you want to do is say, Hey! God said, shut up. Or if you're a gangster, yell! You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the first order of business is to say something. God's telling you to shut up. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall. Can I say this? If the Lord is going to fight your battle for you, you're going to have to learn how to stay silent with your foes and supplicate with your Father. Did you know you're okay to talk? Did you know you're okay to run your mouth? I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you how to run your mouth and still be quiet. You know who you need to run your mouth to? I can't tell him that. Why can't you? According to my Bible, he says he's touched with the fifth. It would embarrass some of y'all if you heard me pray. I scare myself sometimes the way I pray. Hello? But I just believe what my Bible said. It said to call out and to cry out and to cast my cares. It didn't say to fold them up nice and neat and try to be something I'm not just 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know that my blessed brother, whom I love so much, is really trying and testing my patience and my faith. And dear God, we come to you thanking you for him and for his family. But Lord, at this present time, he is being such a thorn in the flesh, as Paul said, in such and such. And dear God, I just want to praise you for him because I know he is worth something in your eyes. Therefore, I love him too. But he is really pushing me and tempting me. So dear God, I didn't want to say, say God, I fix to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, I called y'all some pretty bad names before to God. But you know what I'm not? I'm trying not to do. I've done it in years past. I'm trying to grow up a little bit. I've not called y'all those names. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. I want to cuss y'all out sometimes. Can I get a witness? Oh, I know y'all are so super spiritual and y'all don't think that way, but I want to cuss. Hey, man, I ain't never tried to hide it. That's, that's when my flesh, I mean, my flesh likes to rail back and cuss somebody while I'm at it. Yeah. Yours don't? God bless your, your wicked little heart, but mine does. But I can't do that. You know what I got to learn how to do? Yeah. Lord, the bit of jack donkey. You know it. But at the same time, to my foe, to my enemy, to my battle, I'm remaining silent. See, you can say something, but it's who you say something to. Because we find over and over and over in the life of Moses leading these children of Israel out of Egyptian mountains. You know what? He's talking the whole time to the Lord. They come, we read it, chapter 15, when they come to Mar, the Bible said they murmured against Moses. And he cried unto the Lord. Do y'all see how that works? He's staying silent to the battle, but he's supplicating to his Lord. You're going to, if the Lord's going to fight for you, you're going to have to learn how to shut up. Well, what they're saying ain't true. Good piece of information Brother Bud preached to us and taught us last year. Pick this up now. If they're lying, they know they're lying. And if they're lying, you know they're lying. And if they're lying, God knows they're lying. So who cares what everybody else thinks? The liar knows he's a liar. And you know he's a liar. And God knows he's a liar. Let the Lord fight the battle for you. You don't have to tell him he's a liar. He knows. You ever told a liar and didn't know he's lying? If you say, yeah, you're lying. Talk to the Lord. Hold your peace. Can I say the only person needs to hear your thoughts is the Lord. The only person that needs to hear your complaints is the Lord. The only person that needs to hear you defend yourself is the Lord. I defend myself a lot to the Lord. God! I read that Facebook post and you know that's a lie out of hell. God, I heard what they said and that's a lie, Lord. You know it's a lie. But I ain't going to them. What good's that going to do? Then it turns into a flex match. Amen. Who can outlie the other one? Who can get louder than the other one? Who's tougher? Who can... I, listen, that ain't how the Lord fights for you. The Lord shall fight for you. Ye shall hold your peace. Don't ever forget this. It's going to help you through life. All warfare is spiritual warfare. Did you know your brother's not your enemy? I don't care if he acts like it or looks like it. He ain't your enemy. Hello? 
Well, brother, brother, brother Isaac, I heard he was taking, dating two girls at once. One of them is forty. That one's a little bit younger. She's 39. He's always had that throw the women so much fun. And I heard that he got invited to this one church, but while he was at that church, he invited himself to this other church. That's why he's preaching over there. He opened the door himself. And I heard that when he's over there, he said something he knew. He should something he didn't care. He said it anyway. And it can never be a lie. Should he go and try to find everybody? So, hey, that wasn't right. What you said, that wasn't true. You know what he needs to do? Next time the phone rings, somebody says, hey, I want you to come. Get your Bible and go preach. Are you all with me? Yeah. Sunday morning, come in and jump up and say amen and sing, holler, shout, cry, and go home. Yeah. Let your life outlive the lives. You don't have to defend. You know what God's doing in my life and in this church and the ministry of this church? He's fighting for us. If I had to track down everybody that said something, that's what I'd live my life doing. And I ain't doing it. I'm going to come in. We're going to have church. What are they gonna say? How are they going to say, this is on me? This is all a big show. This ain't real. This is just a, you know, this, that, or the other. How are they going to say that to people getting born again? Right. Can I do that? Come on, somebody. How are you going to say that? I, I can take them to family after family who's God's rescued y'all out of the gutter, man. I mean, out of the ditches and the gutter. How in God's name can they speak against that? And if they do, guess who's going to take offense to it? The one who's been doing the work. It's one thing to offend me, but you better watch when you start saying things to offend God. Remain silent. Number three, in order for the Lord to fight for you, number three, you must resolve to be steadfast. The word resolve simply means to fix or to determine, to settle. You'll have to make up your mind to be steadfast. Look at verse 15. The Bible said, The Lord... Said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they what? You know how you're going to let the Lord, in order to let the Lord fight for you, you're going to have to resolve, you're going to have to determine to be steadfast. In other words, reverse is not an option. Did you know that God don't have any places to turn around on His road? This is a one-way street, baby. And if you turn off, you ain't doing it because he's made an exit. You know what happened if you went down a one-way street? You decided you weren't going to do it. There weren't no place to turn around. And you turned off into a field or into a neighborhood. You're going to have to drive through. You're going to have to drive through ditches. You're going to have to dodge cars. You're going to have to overcome potholes. I mean, you're going to go through the woods. It's going to be a rough ride. Can I say when you get when you take your own exit and you do your own U-turn on God's one-way street? You're putting yourself through some hard roads, friend. You're going to have to learn to go on. If God's going to fight for you, you've got to resolve. You've got to determine to be steadfast. In other words, you march forward regardless of the conditions. Can I say this? I want you to see this. What kind of times did they have to keep going forward through? Number one, I want you to see the children of Israel had to go forward in the midst of divisive times. Look at verse 16. 
Bible said, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and what? Divide it. Y'all reading your Bible? Look at verse 16. It's divisive times. Can I get a witness right here? We're living in those days. Yeah. They're having to walk a road, Miss Geneva, that Moses had stretched out his rod over the sea and the sea divided. Their di it's a divisive road. But they had to go forward. Anybody got any, anything in your life right now that's causing division for you? Yeah. Or division for us? What do we do as a church when, when division, times of division come? We keep going forward. Yeah. There are no U-turns. There are no exits. There is no turnarounds. There's no, there's no rest stops. We've got one job, and that is to occupy till it comes. Did you know occupy is an offensive term? It means to charge. The gates of hell won't prevail against us. God didn't say we're to sit still and wait on hell to come against us. We're the ones charging the gates. And they don't prevail against us. And so it's divisive times. What kind of what kind of what kind of uh, uh, condition did they have to continue to move forward in? They had to go forward in divisive times, but they had to go forward in dry times. Look at verse sixteen. The Bible said, "Stretch thy hand over the sea and divide it." Divisive times, and the children of Israel shall go on what? What about dry times? Come on, somebody. I just ain't feeling it like I used to feel it. Oh, so you're in times of dryness. Right. Oh, so you can stay at home when church is dry to you. <coughs> Keep going forward. My marriage, it used to be a lot better. It seemed like we're just roommates. This girl I'm dating, she's madly in love. Now I don't know if she loves me or not. They're aiming at me. They're aiming at me. They're shouting. They're running. Where'd all that go? Amen. Yeah. Come on, preacher. I've done it for almost going on nine years now, and I don't plan on stopping. I preach when they're up running, and I preach when they look at me like I'm stupid. This is what God told me to do. Go forward. Dry times. What about this? They're dangerous times. Look at verse 17. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I'll give me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his host, upon his chariot. Listen, they got an enemy on their trail. Dangerous times. Can I say whether or not you know it, all times are dangerous times. Because there is an enemy who is as a roaring lion walking to and fro seeking whom he may He's a thief coming not but for to steal, to kill, and to. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have and life more. You know, God just don't want you to live. He wants you to have abundant life. But you can't do it every time you go through a dry time or you go through a, uh, you go through a divisive time or a dangerous time and you hunker down and you stop. Listen, you've got to keep going because God's going to fight for you. How can we keep going in dry times? The Lord's going to fight for you. How can we keep going in divisive times? Because the Lord shall fight for you. How can we make it through dangerous times? Because the Lord... Are y'all picking up what I'm trying to give you tonight? Because the Lord shall fight for you. 
Israel had to go forward in the midst of divisive, dry, dangerous times. Why? Because when God is fighting for you, I want you to understand all these times are also designed times. Did you know the dry times and the dangerous times and the divisive times are actually designed times? God has designed seasons for you. Look at verse 17. I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. That's dangerous. But notice, don't stop there. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. That's God speaking. And upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, upon the horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. For now I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. These are not just divisive times and dangerous times and dry times. They're designed times. Why? So God can get glory. You don't know why God puts you through dry times? So when you come out of them, you'll say, Well, bless the Lord. Yes, bless the Lord. Well, bless His holy name. You might not be singing it in the dry time. But when He brings you through, He will get honor upon you, Pharaoh. Then device of time when you don't know who's for you or against you. God brings you through and gives you family. You can sing as a congregation. Guess who gets glory? He does. What do they do at chapter number 15? First time it shows up, the word what? Sing. Why? Because they come through dry times. They come through divisive times. They come through dangerous times because they're all designed times. They're designed for God to get glory. God Almighty, I hope I'm helping somebody. I'm helping myself. Design times. I say God not only used these times to build your faith, but while building your faith, He's also battling your foe. Well, that'd make, that'd make a dead, dried up Presbyterian say amen. While God is building our faith in dry times and uh, the, the dangerous times and divisive times, we know they're designed times and He's doing it to not just build your faith, but He's doing it to battle your foe. As they're going through the dry ground and the divided ground and the dangerous ground, what's God doing? He's working it all out to take down their enemy. Fourthly, in order for God to fight for you, you must remember where He stands. I like this one. Remember where God stands. Look at, look at, look at verse 19. And the angel of God, who is that? Thank you. The angel of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel of God, <clears throat> verse 19, which went before the camp of Israel, removed, notice this, and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. In order for the Lord to fight for you, you must remember where He stands. Where's he standing right now in this text? In red back vernacular, God had their back. In y'all's old country running buddies, look at you and say, hey bro, I got your back. How about it girls? Some of you, some of you women used to be brawling women. I'm talking about ripping her out by the wads. Slobber coming down both sides of your mouth. You look like a coon dog with rabies. Can I get a witness? And one of your little girlfriends sits and square up 
with you in a cafeteria and you look over to your sister's sister. Because she brought somebody with her. You know, nobody ever shows up by themselves. I say they wouldn't, I never do. You look at your little possum. Can I tell you all something? A bunch of crazy, stupid people like me. God has our mind. Now this ain't just for, you know, afraid sake. God does something by moving. Why would God go from being in front of them to behind them? Number one, I want you to see when God stood behind them, He done so to come to their defense. Look at verse 20. Verse number 20. The Bible said, It came the cloud where the Lord is, the pillar. It came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. You know what God does? He comes to their defense. He stands between Israel and the enemy by going and standing behind them. Can I say the enemy, in other words, the enemy could not get to them unless they went through who? And that ain't happening. You know the devil gets his claws in you pretty easy. But if the Lord's standing between you and him, he ain't getting through the Lord. So if the Lord's going to fight your battle, you have got to realize and you have got to remember where he stands. He has came to our defense. He is our advocate. He's standing in the gap. Number two, when God stood behind them, He done so not only to, to come to their defense, but He stood behind them to create difficulty. Look at verse 20. Not for them, for the enemy. If you'll read your Bible line by line, you'll see all this outlines itself. The Bible said, And it was a cloud and darkness to them. Talking about Egypt. When God, look at that. I hope you're listening. When God stood behind them, He did not only do that to let my friend come to their defense, but He done it to create difficulty. He made it a dark place to the enemy. It's a dark place to the enemy. Can I tell you, it's going to be hard for the enemy to grab a hold of you and they can't even see where they're going. That's called the Lord's fighting for you. Number three, when God stood behind them, He done so not only to create difficulty and to come to their defense, but He done so by doing this, He also gave clear direction. Look at verse 20. It was darkness to the Egyptians. Do y'all see that? But it gave light by night to these. Who's that? That's Israel. So when the cloud, the pillar of fire, when God removed from in front of them going through the dry and the divisive and the dangerous but desired times, when God goes from being in front to the back, He does so to come to their defense. He puts a barrier between Israel and Egypt and He also creates darkness for Egypt but He creates direction for Israel. Did you know what God is lighting your path? The works of darkness. By the way, all warfare is what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness. Rulers of darkness. So while God is leaving our spiritual enemy in the dark, He's lighting the way for you and I to go through those dry times, those divisive times, those dangerous times. Why? Because they're design times. It gives clear direction. So let me ask you, which side are you on? Where are you at? You walk around in darkness, you can walk in light. You part of the ones that's fixing to be overtaken and overthrown in the sea, or you fixing to come out of that thing on the other side with a song in your heart. 
We know this. The Bible speaks a lot about light. John chapter 8 verse 12, the Bible said, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in what? But shall have the light of life. John 12, 35. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. And then John said this, one of my favorite verses. First John chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible said, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with what? And the blood of Jesus. So how do we keep fellowship? We've got to stay in the light. You know, it's impossible for me and you to walk in fellowship with each other if we're walking in darkness. Because while they were seeing the clear... And the Bible said neither one came close to the other all night. They're not stumbling. Israel's not stumbling and fumbling because they've got the light. But when you walk in darkness, you're going to stumble and fall. You can't fellowship when you're falling. You're worried about getting up. You can't stay in contact with somebody when you can't even walk. Not only do we see when God stood behind them, He gave them clear direction, but then He calls distance. Verse 20, bottom part. The Bible said, And it gave light by night to these. Look here. So that the one came not near unto the other all night. It calls distance. When God stands behind you in the battle fighting for you, it creates and causes distance. Not between you and him or you and your brethren, but between you and the enemy. In other words, I can see Brother Sidney's daddy about right now. Stepping in between them. They were right here and it was dangerous for old Brother Sidney. But when daddy walked up on the scene, call with me? That's what he does when he fights for you. He causes distance between you and the enemy. They came not near to one another all night, the Bible said. Because he stood between his people and Pharaoh. Let me say this tonight. I'm, I'm closing here in just a moment. But did you know the devil being our enemy? How many of y'all would say amen the devil is our enemy? Amen. Listen to me. I'm trying to help you. He can only take what you give him. Amen. Ephesians 4 verse 27 said, Neither give place to the devil. He don't take place in your life. Why? Because we've got an advocate. We've got the Lord fighting for us. But when you step out of the light, you wander around in darkness at that point, then you're giving up some things. So let the Lord fight for you. You try to fight your own battles. Listen to me right here and I'm done. If you are trying to fight your own battles tonight, here's what you're doing. You're forfeiting your position. What is your position? It's you standing, God standing between you and the enemy. And that's how you'll become a casualty in spiritual warfare. So when you take over and fight your own battles, here's what you're doing. Brother Chris, help me out. When you try to fight your own battle and the Lord's trying to fight for you, here's what you're doing. You're literally, literally removing God out of the equation and here's what you're going to give up. And I'm done. When you fight your own battle, here's what you're giving up. You're giving up God coming to your defense. That was the first point. You're giving up God creating difficulty, not for you, but for your enemy. You're giving up God giving you clear direction. You're giving up God causing distance between you and the enemy. But if you'll stay close to Him, do what He says to do, keep your mouth shut, head down, continue going forward, relying on the Savior, 
trusting His plan, remembering where He stands, remaining silent. What you'll find is there's a God in heaven that wants to fight for you tonight. Now, if you want to lose the battle, you can lose it. All you got to do is do everything I just preached for you not to do. You'll lose it quick. But if you'll do what I've told you, according to this book, the Lord will fight for you. Let's all stand. Father, we love you.